Are you ready to dive in today? We are continuing our series on the Holy Spirit. So if you brought your Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is week five of our Holy Spirit series, and uh, if you are new with us, first of all, thank you for joining us. We love that you were just honored to have you with us today, and um, uh, we are, we've been really diving into who the Holy Spirit really is, and uh, we want to really see what Scripture has to say about him. Week one, we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a mystical force. He's not a fog that swoops in and does cool stuff. Um, he is a person, and he's God. So we can have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can communicate with the Holy Spirit, and the, and the Holy Spirit can communicate with you. We looked uh, week two at how the Holy Spirit moved in the Old Testament leading up to Pentecost. Uh, week three, we looked at how we can hear the voice of the Spirit Last week, we talked about motivational gifts of the Spirit, and this week is going to be good. We are going to dive in uh, and talk about the manifestational gifts of the Spirit. Honestly, what I would like to do today is help us make sense of the gifts of the Spirit, uh, like de-weird the gifts, if you will, like make, it, make you realize that they're scriptural, they're, they're available, and God can use you in and powerful ways. So 1 Corinthians 14, starting in verse 1, are you there? All right, the four of us will read on. Uh, it says this, verse 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire. Uh, this, this word uh, earnestly is, is the word burn with zeal. And so you could say it this way, pursue love and, and burn with zeal for, for the things that are breathed out by God. Remember I told you the spiritual gifts in the Greek is really, uh, in the English they added the word gift to it. It's, it's literally just, uh, the Greek word is pneumatikos, and it's, it's things that are breathed out by God. Things that can only be explained except God did it. And so what he's saying to us is we should be pursuing the things that can only be explained by God. Church, do you know if everything we do here can be explained in, in by, by natural occurrences, God's not here. There should be times when we leave here or even out there where you just say, God showed up, there's no other explanation except God. And this is what he's saying. Paul is saying we need to be pursuing these things. Now, turn one page left in your Bible to chapter 12, and we're going to kind of hang out here for the rest of our time. We're going to start in verse 1, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed or ignorant. I shared last week with that very simple black and white. You don't need to understand the Greek here. He's just saying, like, we need to understand the things of the Spirit. And, and by and large, the church is uninformed, but we need to get informed. Are you with me today? We need to get informed of the things that God has made available to us through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 4 says this, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. Varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in... Read that next word with me. Everyone. Everyone. How many people? Everyone. 
Are you in everyone? All right, just making sure. Verse 7. To each, wait, say that word with me. Are you in each? I'm just making sure. That as, that as I read these gifts, that you're not out there like, ooh, that's really cool. I get to watch the, the preachers operate in all these gifts. This is great. No, no, no. To everyone, to each, all of us collectively together, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit of the utterance of wisdom, to another utterance of knowledge, According to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. And verse 11 says this, that all of these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Would you pray with me just for a moment? Father, we do ask you to come right now, and I'm, I'm asking that you would remove unbelief from this room. Holy Spirit, uproot it. I don't care if it comes from traditionalism or past history uh, or false ideas, but, but uproot it right now in Jesus' name. I'm asking that faith would be birthed in here, God, that you would empower us to be who you've called us to be, and we ask it all in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... I want to talk about spiritual gifts today, and 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 really deal with them, but uh, before we really dive into them individually, I want to say this, that uh, chapter 12 really deals with the manifestational gifts, chapter 14 deals really heavily with the practical side of what, like, you know, the, the prophetic and tongues and all that stuff, what that is supposed to look like in the church, but wedged in between those two chapters is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And 1 Corinthians 13 is all about what? Love. It is considered the love chapter. And it's interesting that he put it where it is. And I think what he's trying to tell us, and he actually tells us uh, in verse 1, 2, 3, 4, uh, that you can operate in whatever gift you want. You can, you can give your body to be killed for the sake of the gospel. But if it is not motivated, and if you are not motivated from, a, from an attitude and a heart of love, then what you're doing is actually worthless. And, and that's not my words, that's his words. He said, it's absolutely worthless. You pray in tongues, great. Is it, is it motivated with, with criticism or, or, or you know, you, you, you operate in the prophetic, awesome. But, but is, your, is your prophecy always to criticize and to tear people down? It's not from God. And as a matter of fact, what he's saying is, is that it has no eternal value to it. And so we need to understand all of these things, all of these gifts from the Holy Spirit need to be operated from love. From love, and I think it's going to change those around us if we can catch this. So why why are we even talking about this? Well, let me just say this: I feel like God has a a great call on your life. I feel like God has a great call on your family's life and on your children's life. And you may be sitting here today thinking, "Yeah, but you don't know my family," but God does. And you're judging the future of the call that God has on you based upon your current situation and circumstances. God doesn't see that way. God is able to see potential in you, potential in your marriage, potential in your children, and then use you and build you and, and, and cause you to become a part of advancing his kingdom. He wants you to get into the game. 
And so I know the call on this church is great. You need to know if you're new here that this is not a church who's been called just to go through the motions and have church as usual. Like we're crazy a little bit enough to believe and pursue for an outpouring of the Spirit in Pinellas County. Now, I know some of you are like, I'm tired of hearing that, Stephen. Well, you're going to get more tired. Because I've been, I've been praying towards this for the last 10 years that I've lived in Pinellas. And I am just, I am now beginning to smell the, the storm coming. I'm beginning to start to see the fruit that's coming. And I'm just telling you guys, hang on. It's not about me. It's about us together. God's preparing his church. God is preparing and equipping his church for the harvest. He's just looking for some people who are just a little bit crazy enough to believe. And this is what really this is all about. I would like to normalize the supernatural in this church. And if you got a little bit uncomfortable by that statement, that's a problem. It's a problem that we can deal with. It's, it's, it's not to criticize, it's to say this. We need to go back to scripture and I want to loving, lovingly push you forward in the things that God has for you. Because God is a supernatural God, and by the way, if you're saved, he lives inside of you. So you've got supernatural inside of you. But for too long, we've pushed it down. For too long, unbelief has, has shut it in. And, and we've, we have, the church for years, has had to look at black and white verses and somehow explain it away and somehow say, yeah, I know he spent three chapters in the whole New Testament about this, but somehow I just can't think it would be for today. No, you're just not operating in it. It's not your experience, but our experience does not dictate our theology. So we need, to, we need to elevate our experience to the level of our theology. Come on, somebody. Instead of, instead of, you know, dropping our theology to fit our experience. I have people say, because I have, last week, remember I said, I'm Southern Baptist boy, grew up Southern Baptist, but kind of got pulled into the Pentecostal church and, and uh, just found this, this great balance. But I've got friends who are all out, you know, Southern Baptist and, or just traditional. I'm not, I, it may seem like I pick on the, I love the Baptist, by the way. There's some amazing Baptist churches. Now you need to know that, okay? And I love the Pentecostal church. And you need to know that. Like here, I'm not, I'm not criticizing people. I, I, my prayer is we would all go after God together. All right. But I've talked to people who will say, man, that's, you know, just even the fact that, you know, you're preaching this. I mean, last year I, I, I preached on the Holy Spirit and I had someone come up to me in the lobby and say, Pastor Stephen, I've been in church for 35 years and I've never heard anyone preach on this. 35 years, never heard this preached from the pulpit. And I'll have some people say, you know what, I don't really see that. I mean, I I just don't really think it, it, maybe God's doing it like in, the, in Africa somewhere, like in the tribes and the missionaries are seeing it. But come on, let's come back to real life, right? Let's come back to like America. He's not doing this stuff anymore. And, and, I, and a lot of people have a problem believing that he could actually work through you in this way. And I say this to people. I say, okay, so you have a problem believing in this stuff, but you have no problem with a Teenage virgin 
like giving birth to God, although a man yet still God, and then living a perfect life, and then dying on a cross, and then yet three days later, the Holy Spirit miraculously like raises him out of the grave. He's alive. You put your faith in him, and he actually took up residence inside of you to the point to which you will never die. Though you will die physically, you will be in heaven with him for all of eternity. You have no problem believing that, but you get tripped up over a healed headache. You, you, you have no problem with Nathan standing up here saying about how Moses held out his staff and, and God parted the Red Sea and all of these miracles. Oh, that's not, that's, that's, of course he did that. But the moment somebody says, I feel like God's given me a prophetic word for you, you're like, ah, I don't think that, uh, it's not there with that, man. <laughs> we need to get realigned. And, and we need to understand that God is a supernatural God, and God wants to move in you in supernatural ways. A lot of times people will say things like this to me. You know, uh, I, I, was a, I went to one of those crazy charismatic churches one time, and, and somebody came up to me and gave me a prophetic word. It was super weird, and uh, it just was, it creeped me out, and it was totally wrong. And so I just don't want anything to do with that stuff anymore. And I say, okay, have you ever heard a sermon that was bad? Well, of course. Okay, so why, why won't you hold the sermon and that gift to the same standard? So you could hear a bad sermon and say, I missed it that day. Hope he gets it next week. But you, you wouldn't say, oh my goodness, that sermon was terrible. I don't think I want anything to do with sermons anymore. But we'll say that about the things that make us uncomfortable. Come on, can we talk today? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. What my plan is today, guys, is to walk, walk us through these gifts, the manifestational gifts of the Spirit, really just one by one. And maybe for the next 15 minutes, it will be a little more teaching. But I want to make sense of these gifts for you and show you that they're actually for today and, and you don't have to get like crazy weird uh, to, to operate in these gifts. God wants normal, full of the Holy Spirit, full of power Christians walking on this earth. All right, it says this. Uh, we're going uh, to start in verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then he's about to list nine gifts. Now, these nine gifts, uh, theologians would split up into three categories. And so I'm not going to go through these in order that they are in Scripture, but I'm going to deal with these in the category that they fit in. Um, we're going to start with the discerning gifts. So the three categories of the gifts that Paul lists here are discerning gifts, and then you have declarative gifts, and then you have dynamic gifts. And so we're going to jump in uh, and, and look at the first discerning gift, and it is this, the word of knowledge, the word of knowledge. The discerning gifts are word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. And a lot of people get the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and the prophetic, they get those kind of, you know, mixed up, and, and, but you need to know there's a difference between these. What is a word of knowledge? Well, it is to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. We see Jesus in John chapter four operate with a, in a word of knowledge. 
he uh, meets a woman at the well. And do you remember what he said to her? He said, uh, you, you know, she's like, I'm not married. Because he said, go get your husband. She says, I'm not married. He says, I know you're not married. Uh, you've been with five. This is your fifth one. So at that moment, the Holy Spirit gave Jesus uh, a word of knowledge. And it wasn't just to, to show that Jesus was really cool. See, all of these gifts have a kingdom purpose. And they are not to showboat you and I. They always have some deeper kingdom meaning that God's trying to do through them, like a sign. You know, we get caught up on the sign. Well, a sign is pointing to something greater. We don't camp out at the sign. We want to find out what is the sign pointing to. So he gives this woman a prophetic word, which opens a door for him to minister and to reveal himself to her. She then leaves, runs to the village of Samaria, tells everybody about Jesus, and many, many people come to know Jesus through, if you go back, through this supernatural word of knowledge that opened a door. God can do this in your life. Uh, one of the, I have many stories in my life of, 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 of how this might look, but my favorite story is a story that my dad was a part of, who's sitting right here on the front row. Um, we were at BJ's restaurant, praise God for BJ's, amen. <laughs> Oreo Pazuki just came down from heaven and graced us. So we're at BJ's restaurant one day, and my friend Chris Donald was with us, and the, the, the server came over to us smiling, and, and Chris looks at her and says, excuse me, um, I feel like God is telling me some things about you. Can I pray for you? And, you know, we're like, oh, this is going to get good. And so uh, she's like, okay. And he begins to say this, I feel in my spirit God is telling me that you've been trying to adopt a child and have had no success. And God wants you to know not to give up, that he's going to give you a child. And at that moment, tears welled up in her eyes and she began to just cry right there at the table. Now, that was a, a word of knowledge. Then a prophetic word, a word from God was then given to her, which was this. God wants you to know that he loves you, that he's with you. Don't stop. He's, he's got his arm around you. And then just spoke on behalf of God into this woman's life. And it just she just sat there and just a ball of tears as the Holy Spirit showed up in BJ's as we're waiting on our pazookies. The kingdom of heaven broke through in the natural through a supernatural gift. That's not weird. We just have to be tuning our ear in and listening and learning how to distinguish and hear and trust the voice of the Spirit. Amen. All right, here, that's a word of knowledge. What about a word of wisdom? A word of wisdom is a divine answer or a solution to a particular event. This could be, you know, this could manifest itself in, in, in a couple of ways. We see in John chapter 9, uh, this man who was born blind gets healed. The religious people got mad because they don't like the supernatural. And so they brought him in to criticize and to, you know, challenge him on how did you get healed? What? And he kept saying, Jesus. And he's like, well, it couldn't have been Jesus. And, and they're trying to say that Jesus is full of demons. And, and so, you know, they're like wanting to arrest this guy and, and challenge him. And, and in that moment, the Holy Spirit gives him a word of wisdom. And he says this back to them. Never has anyone opened blind eyes. If he were not from God, he could do nothing. It was the right thing to say at the right time, and it shut them up. 
you could get a word of wisdom in, in while you're sitting in a business uh, office at your job, and it could be a, it could be a thought of wisdom from heaven uh, that God gives you to increase you supernaturally at, in your business. How many of you would like a word of wisdom for your finances? Come on, somebody. God desires, because he knows best, he desires to, to fill us and give us kingdom ideas and earthly ideas that will allow us to, to be successful and to be blessed. He can do that. We have to listen. Word of wisdom really is a word, it's like a, a right now word that you can put into practice. What about discerning of spirits? Discerning of Spirits, we see that in verse 10. It says the ability to distinguish between spirits. See, a lot of people call this the gift of discernment, although that's not really in the Bible. I understand what they're saying, and, and we can have supernatural discernment. I totally get that. But scripturally, it is the discerning of spirits, and it is to be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. Let me show you that in the Bible. Acts chapter 16, we see a woman following Paul, and, Paul, and this woman is yelling out saying, these men are servants of the Most High. And, you know, if I'm there with Paul, I'm like, hey, yeah, we can keep her, man. She's cheering us on. She's saying good stuff about us. The only problem is Paul turned around and rebuked her and cast a demon out of her. She wasn't saying, kill them. They're, you know, No, she was saying, these are servants of the Most High God. But Paul could distinguish what spirit she was operating in and immediately knew that it was not the Holy Spirit and cast the demon out of her. Amen. What does this look like? Listen, guys, I, and I know that we're in an American church, and this kind of stuff is not talked about a lot. But the, the battles that you and I face, the Scripture says, are not flesh and blood, but are principalities and powers in the air. So there are times, just being honest with you, this is, we do three services every week, and I'll sit up here during worship, and there are moments during different services where I will literally feel, I will feel unbelief and, and just a, a, a religious spirit in the room. Now, I have two, two choices in these moments, because listen, there's people here in this service that a lot of you are new, a lot of you come from different backgrounds, and, and we don't know kind of what people walk in here with. So what I've kind of been training our staff to do is, hey, listen, when the room feels off, let's not drop down to the level of the room, but let's begin to speak into the room. Let's begin to declare and break that stuff off. And, and that's why in my, my prayer in the beginning, I said, Lord, uproot the spirit of unbelief because I could kind of feel it already bubbling in the room. This is a distinguishing of spirits and you need to know it's not weird, it's helpful. How many of you would like to know whether or not the attack that's on your family is spiritual or just you were made a dumb mistake? You, you need to know the difference. Because if you know, if you sense that it's a spiritual attack as the head of your home, you can then declare with authority and cut that thing off. But if you don't know what it is, it's going to just, just come in and hang out. So we need the gift to distinguish between spirits. What about declarative gifts? These gifts, uh, it's going to get fun in here for a minute. These gifts are the prophetic gift, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. So let's start here. Uh, let's start with the gift of prophecy. What is prophecy? How many of you have ever had a word of prophecy given to you? 
trying to fill out the room. How many of you grew up thinking that's just kind of weird? Come on, be honest in the room. Come on now. I'm like, uh, it's okay. We're all different in here. And I, I know I did. I mean, I listen, the, the first time I ever heard about like speaking in tongues, uh, I thought it was demonic. I'm like, y'all crazy. Like y'all just full of demons or something. But I had to deal then, I had to go back and say, why do, I feel that? why do I feel that way? And I had to see in scripture and I had to pray and allow God to bring truth. But the, the gift of prophecy is a message from God specifically for a person in a timely manner. First Corinthians chapter 14, I wanna show you some scripture so you don't think I'm lying. It says this, for all, for all can prophesy so that all may learn and be encouraged. And be encouraged, by the way, some of you prophets out there who, who like to prophesy criticism, come on, stop that and encourage the body of Christ. Encourage the body of Christ and build up the body of Christ with your prophetic gift. If you feel God give you a word about somebody else that maybe they're in the wrong direction, you need to operate in your gift in love and not tear them down. Pray over that word and say, God, how would you have me deliver this? I love this person. Come on. I'm tired of that old school, Old Testament type of prophets we got in the church today. That's for another day. I'm going to move on from that. It says, and it says, all may learn and be encouraged, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. What is he saying? There's accountability. So, so you need to understand that there are some churches who just, it's a free-for-all, and you can do whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. That's not going to happen here. But we will allow people to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but you, there is accountability. You with me? So the gift of, of prophecy, and I love this too because in, in chapter 14 of verse 1, it says, pursue love, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. But then it says something crazy, but especially that you may prophesy. What? You're telling me, Paul, that you're commanding me to earnestly pursue the prophetic gift? When's the last time you and I have done that? It's quiet in here. What does a prophetic gift look like? Well, a prophetic gift uh, can be, uh, it, it can look many ways. It, it, it can just be a, a right now word, um, uh, you know, in the right situation. There was a moment, there was a time when I was in, in Pizza Hut with my two boys and the girl came to the table to bring us our pizza and God just kind of, she's smiling, but I just felt in my spirit, God said, you need to pray for her because she's going through a difficult time. And I felt specifically that it had to do with her daughter. And, um, I, and so I just asked her, I just stepped out. I'm like, okay, you know, hey, uh, God, I feel God leading me to pray for you specifically because you're going through something difficult and is everything okay with your daughter? And of course, it was a word from the Lord. It was a right now, right, you know, perfect timing word. She began to tear up and, you know, had to leave the table for a minute, came back with some tissues and was like, who are you and, and, and what's going on right now? And I said, God just asked me to pray for you. Uh, he knows what you're going through. This is not about me. This is about God who loves you. And so the, the kind of, you know, the word of knowledge led into the prophetic word again. So the prophetic word then was, hey, I want to encourage you that in this season when your daughter is, is, is running off doing crazy stuff, you need to begin to pursue God and reject the, the fear and unbelief that you're feeling right now and trust that God's got this and then intercede for your daughter. And she just sat there and cried and we prayed together. That was a prophetic word. I have not seen that lady again, but in that moment, God's heart was broken for her and he wanted some 
somebody who was willing to listen to speak some hope and love and to speak the gospel to this person. This is what the prophetic can look like. But it can also come from the word of God. So uh, you can give a prophetic word that's from the word. What does that mean? See, we got to not be scared of the word prophetic, by the way. And depending upon your background, some of you don't even, it's like, ugh, like I wish there was a different word for it. Right? There's not, okay? So we need to understand this is the way God wants to move this way, okay? So what does this look like? Um, you, 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 I, there's many times, but uh, one time specifically, um, somebody came up to me and said, hey, uh, God just gave me Isaiah 61 for you, and, um, and then began to read it. And immediately, he wasn't saying, oh, I just feel like you know, God's saying this, this. No, 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 he was reading scripture to me. But it was in this moment and season that God knew what I was battling internally, and that verse, those verses spoke directly to where I was at, and it was from the Lord, and I knew it was from the Lord. That's a prophetic word from Scripture, and hey, it's the safest way to prophesy, by the way. And, and let me just say this, because some of you guys come from the, 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 the really Pentecostal churches. Here's what I don't want to happen in this environment. You need to, if rarely if ever, go up to somebody and say, thus saith the Lord over your life. I mean, you better know that you know that you know that you audibly heard God say that. And so we, you know, I think, you know, softer language, you could go up to somebody and say, I felt impressed you know, that, it, that God spoke to me, and, and so I just wanted to share this with you. I just kind of felt like this is from God, and, that, and you take it and pray over it. It's a whole lot less, like, you know, condemning or, or like, whoa. See, I've heard so many times somebody will say, thus saith the Lord for you, you better do this, this, and this by tomorrow. And if you're talking to an immature believer, you could, you could destroy them. This is making sense. Everything we do with the gifts is to build up in love. Oh, but they need to be corrected in love. Love them. Oh, but they're in sin. Love them. Oh, but they need to be rebuked. Love them with correction. Has to have, we have to love the people in front. This is not about us. It's not like I could stand up and, and talk about these prophetic moments so that you can think I'm cool. Come on now, this is not what this is about. This is about other people and God bringing heaven through us to other people that need it. All right, let's move on. Uh, so we've got, oh, and then one more. Sometimes prophetic words can deal with the future. Um, I've had that before. I've shared some of this with you, but many times. And, and, but most of the time, it's confirming something. It's not redirecting you unless you've just been kind of off and not really living for the Lord. Most of the time, God will begin to lead you in a certain direction, and you're maybe not quite sure of this or that, but you're, you're walking in a certain direction, and a prophetic word can come to confirm something about something that could come that's coming up. You know, I've, I've shared the story about the, the Grandma LaVon, the you know, 80-year-old lady who you know, just weeks before my dad and I had a conversation about uh, me taking over the church and I had no clue about this happening, she, she got a word from the Lord and said it over me. She prayed over me and I felt the Holy Spirit come all over me in a kitchen. And she said, God's preparing you for something, for leadership. You're gonna begin to move into, an author you know, into authority and God's gonna use you to change your region. She said that over me. And things have been, you know, God's been confirming those things. So there are times where God can, can speak through somebody 
regarding a decision or confirming something in your life. Now, here's the, here's the, the I got to say this before we leave the prophetic. Be smart and, and weigh everything because maybe for every, you know, 10 times somebody's coming up, to, you know, came up to give me a word, maybe six of them were really God. So what did I do with the four? Did I say, ha, no, you're wrong. It's definitely not God. You need to go back to your prayer closet. What are you even doing here? Or did I just say, well, it must be God. She said it was God. And if she said, God said, it must be God. I guess I got to do this. No, 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 we got to be mature. Come on, church. Weigh it to scripture, pray over it, and God will confirm it with his presence and his peace. Remember I said that. Man, if somebody's giving you a word and you're just kind of feeling like, eh, it's probably not him. Just shot block it lovingly. In the spirit, don't actually like hit them, but just <laughs> like you can smile and say, thank you. God bless you. But inside you're saying shot block spiritually. Don't receive it. God bless you. And you walk away. Come on. It's, just, it's not hard. So we're not going to throw away all things prophetic just because there's a potential that someone could give a wrong prophetic word. And many churches have done that. They have said, no, 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 but what if someone got a wrong word? Well, then let's just throw it all out. What if someone misunderstood the gospel? What if I didn't do a good job of preaching the gospel one day and somebody didn't get saved? Does that mean I throw away preaching the gospel? No. All right, so the prophetic gift. Then we have the gift of Tongues and interpretation of tongues, which is going to be a lot of fun to cover. Uh, next week, I'm going to really dive into this and hopefully bring some clarity because we have people in our church from all types of denominations and backgrounds. And I'm going to stay very scripture and I'm going to present the blessing and the benefit from scripture of the different types of tongues. And is it for today? And is it for you? And what in the world is it all about? So come back next week. Declarative gifts, and then finally today, uh, dynamic gifts. And I told you I just wanted to work through these today so that you could see them and, and understand that, okay, Lord, these are things that you have available to me, and no matter where you're at, you can begin to pursue these. You begin to pursue them as you're pursuing God, and you just say, God, move through me to change people. So the final is dynamic gifts. This is the, the first one is the gift of faith. We see the gift of faith. What is the gift of faith? Well, it is supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. I have many, uh, many examples that I could give you for this, but my favorite one uh, comes from uh, one of my best friends in the world, Jervis Fisher, who likes to watch our 10 o'clock service from Central America, uh, from the jungles of Belize. So if you're watching, I love you. Um, but he is somebody who walks in faith like really nobody else that I've known ever. He has, he has a supernatural ability to just believe God for crazy things and, and just to trust one time we were uh, about to, the very next morning, we had been preparing for weeks to lay, uh, to pour a foundation. Now, it's a little different how you do it in Belize than we do it here. It, you hand mix the cement. Uh, it, it's like, and so it's a big job. It takes a lot of workers. Well, we had, it was going to cost us $10,000, and all the workers were going to be showing up the next morning, and we had $0. 
That's not even close to 10,000, all right? And so the night before, we were supposed to be on the property at 6 a.m., and all the people were gonna show up with all the material and to do all the work, and you know what they were gonna do when they got there? They were gonna expect their money right then. I said, Jervis, this is a disaster. This is terrible. We have no money. All these people are coming tomorrow. This is one of the biggest moments of, of, of the ministry's history. We're pouring the foundation, and we have no money to do it. What are we gonna do? And this is like 9 p.m., and Jervis just calmly looks at me and says, God's, he's going to take care of it. I'm like, okay, I, if it was a week ago and you're telling me that, like, I'm good. No, it's 9 p.m., buddy. What are really, like, should we start calling people and canceling? You see how my faith was really high in the moment. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 God's got it. And I kid you not, you can't make this stuff up. We went to sleep, and overnight, someone felt from the Lord to give the ministry $10,000. We woke up at 5 in the morning. He calmly walks over to his computer, pulls up the bank account, and says, hey, God gave us $10,000 last night. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even speak. And then he looks at me and says, let's go to work. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. He's like, well, God, I, I, I knew God was going to do it. This is his thing anyway. He's going to provide for us. I'm like, Jesus, I just need a little bit of that faith. <laughs> so this is a gift of faith. What about gift of healings? Did you know that God still heals people? The gifts of healing is supernatural endowment of divine health. Man, I got too many. I'll just even stay locally to this church. Uh, Shelly, Shelly, I don't know if she's in this service or not. She just even like three or four weeks ago, miraculous healing took place in her body as we prayed over her. Uh, some time ago, there was, a, there was a man named Eddie. He still comes to the church, and his wife came up to me, and she said, hey, Stephen, we got really bad news. Eddie has stage four cancer. It's all over his body. He's not going to tell you because he thinks you're going to call him down in front of everybody and pray for him. But she said, I'm telling you anyway. So you know what I did? I called him down. He came down and we gathered around him and we prayed over him and believed that God could heal him. And uh, two weeks went by, I didn't see Eddie. He came running into the church early one Sunday morning, running, like bust through the door. I gotta find Pastor Stephen. He came up to me running and he said, Pastor Stephen, you're never gonna believe it. I went back to the doctor and I have no cancer in my body. Hey, listen, this isn't like one of those stories you read in an article and you're like, ooh, great. Inside, you're like, that didn't really happen. No, this is somebody in our church, in our church. God is, he still heals. And, and some people will say things like this to me. Yeah, but you know what? I don't ever see that kind of stuff. All I do is hear, you know, the, the, the crazy people talk about God healed and God did this. And I don't ever see that. Let me tell you why you don't ever see it. Y'all just forgive me before I even go there. If you are operating in a spirit of unbelief, and you hang out with people who operate in a spirit of unbelief, you will never see miracles. So for some of you, you just need to get around some new friends who will stir your faith to believe God for the impossible. I love to get around people who are crazier than I am and who believe for crazier things than I do because it stirs me to believe for more. God's still, God's still working miracles because that's who he is. It's not what he does. And he can't cease to be himself. He's just looking. See, I hear people say, oh, I mean, that probably just happens in the, in the villages in Africa and on the mission field. But over here, we don't see that stuff. Like, does that make sense that God only work, wants to work miracles in the villages of Africa? Like, if that's the case, we need to have a talk when I get there. I'm like, really? 
No, of course not. It's just we're so comfortable here. We don't need God most of the time. And so our faith is so low because we've got it all under control ourselves. And we're operating in criticism and unbelief. And sure enough, every time God wants to work a miracle, just like the Pharisees did, what do you mean your eyes were open? Jesus did that. I don't believe it. You come here and let us criticize you. This is the spirit of religion. And this is, that's the spirit we break off this church in Jesus' name. And we ask, for the, uh, we ask for the faith to see the supernatural. Last, the last one, the last gift today is working of miracles. Now, this is divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. It's different than healing, although it could include healing, but um, it, have you ever had something happen in your life? I'm not saying a physical healing, but just something that happened where you were like, that, I, that was God. You ever had a financial situation where you're just like, that don't even make sense. Like I've heard so many stories of people who needed things down to the penny and like checks just show up in the mailbox. Like my wife's dad, I mean, I, I just, you, he has stories from when they were in early on in ministry where they couldn't even pay the bills and he's doing prison ministries and they were, you know, $273.43 short. And the day they needed to pay the bill, all of a sudden he goes to the mailbox and you know how much the check is made out for? Whatever I just said it was. These are working of miracles. Why? Because God's still working miracles. Oh, let me build faith in the room. How about this? The fact that you're saved this morning is a miracle. The fact that he took you out of darkness and put you into light is a miracle. The fact that you used to be so angry and you used to be so bound up and you used to be so mean and God did a work in your life. And though you're not perfect, oh, buddy, you're a lot farther than you were. Come on, that's a miracle right there. That's a, that's a working, uh, I think the greatest miracle. See, we, we, we always talk about like the physical healings, the things we can see. The greatest miracle of all time is when God takes a stone cold sinner and saves them and breaks them and makes them into who he's created them to be. So those are the manifestational gifts. And in closing today, I want to just... I, I, I want to give a, a few minutes to pray over you, but I, I want to say this because we're like, what does that mean for me? Like, I, I don't operate in those things. Well, I have two quick truths for you, and, and here's the first one. An action of faith produces an action of the Holy Spirit. So, so we say things like this, when God shows up, then I'll move. What we need to understand is, is as we move in faith, God shows up. So, so ask yourself even now, do you, are you constantly trying to naturally explain things away or do you believe God for the supernatural? And are you willing to step out in situations that may make you look stupid? Do you know that Paul said, I'm willing to look like a fool for the sake of Christ? Moses had to take a step, had to hold up the staff before God worked the miracle. So an action of faith produces an action of the Holy Spirit. And here's the last one today, and I want to pray for you. It's this, the greater the work he does in you, the greater the work he'll do through you. Your personal pursuit of God will fuel your outward expression. Why, why is that the case? Why is it that the more time we spend in the presence of the Lord the, the, the more fueled we are to operate in the things of the gifts of the Spirit. Let me tell you why. Because we see in John 15 or 16, it says that the Holy Spirit's job is to convict the world of sin 
and to convict believers of righteousness. What is he saying? we got to clarify this. The Holy Spirit, when you mess up, here's what we think, because, oh, the Holy Spirit convicts us, right? But how does he convict us? The Holy Spirit doesn't come up to you and say, ha, 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 up, you're a sinner. I know I saw you do that, you sinner. Stop doing that. That's not the way the Holy Spirit works. He, he convicts the world of sin. He's not coming to remind you that you're a sinner. That, you need to know that. Why? Because if you put your faith in Jesus, you're not a sinner. Oh, so what he says is he comes alongside you as you mess up. He puts his arm around you and he says, Stephen, that's not who you are. You're a son of God. You've been, you've been made in the image of God. You're the righteousness of God. And, and so though you've sinned, you're not a sinner. That is not who you are. Let me show you a better way. You see the difference? Now he is, he is stirring us into right living, not just correcting us and telling us we're a sinner. So the more time we spend in his presence, the more we know who we are. The more we know who we are, that when I know who I am and the spirit of God is on the inside of me and I just spent time with him this morning and he told me that I'm righteous in him and he's amazing and he's in me. Now when I'm out there, man, I'm ready to give some stuff away. But if you operate every single day with an orphan spirit, and all I mean by that is, is you really just don't know who you are. And you're just trying, your life is lived trying to conquer sin instead of realizing Jesus already conquered it. So you don't have to try to conquer sin anymore. Come on. As you rest in him, he fills you. He gives you strength, supernatural power to be who you've been designed to be.